father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 199. Wow. 199 of the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Brian DeVore. Coach Brian DeVore uh, is the professional development manager for Open. Brian DeVore had over 25 years of exemplary teaching experience at the middle and elementary levels. Additionally, he supervised online HPE programs for the Cobb County School District and served as Fulton County Schools Health and Physical Education Coordinator. In 2013 and 14, Brian was named Cobb County's Elementary Physical Education Teacher of the Year, Georgia Apert's Elementary PE Teacher of the Year, and Southern District Shape America Elementary PE Teacher of the Year. Most recently, he was the recipient of the first Open National Trainer Impact Award for his service and dedication to Open. In 2005, DeVore was named Georgia's Middle School PE Teacher of the Year. Along with his current position, Bryant is a two-time Georgia Apert President, Georgia Apert Social Media Director, Webmaster, and Open National Trainer and Shape America Southern District Past President. We're so excited to have Brian on the podcast. Uh, he's going to provide a lot of information about current issues going on in trying to teach during this time of the pandemic. So he's going to offer what can you do with your in-court uh, in-class and also what can you do with your online classes. So he's going to just provide some great insight and some ideas to really help you manage this difficult time for PE teachers and make it a very positive experience uh, as a PE teacher. So for you and your students. So let's welcome Coach Brian DeVore. All right, great. Brian, welcome. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> hey, man, I, I appreciate you joining me. I, I interview a lot of basketball coaches, being a basketball coach myself, but I've also interviewed some great PE teachers. And I think now 
is the perfect time. Cause you know, Brian, we're going through some, some different times and so forth. So I, I just want to welcome you to the podcast and looking forward to hearing from you. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity and it's uh, always good to talk a little bit about physical education. And uh, typically I travel the country doing face-to-face professional developments and working with teachers uh, across the country, but now it's uh, a lot of virtual and a lot of uh, talking on uh, podcasts and phone calls like this. So it's uh, absolutely splendid and a great opportunity. Yeah. I just, uh, I just went on, uh, on your Twitter account. I guess you just recently, I think it was possibly last night, you guys had a, uh, a big uh, Zoom conference and, and so forth. Kind of share us, share us uh, what you uh, what you guys got out of that and what you learned. Well, it was um, put on by a, a couple of teachers uh, in New York City, physical education teachers, and uh, they got uh, some assistance from some folks uh, who were physical education um, coordinators and administrators with the New York City schools, as well as. Um, some other uh, people in administrative positions, and then they were interested in bringing in some of our open national trainers to to kind of provide uh, some answers to some questions that they had about things that were going on in, in physical education and what we as physical educators needed to prepare for a little bit as we headed into the new school year. So um, it, it was uh, we had there were over 500 people registered for the event. Um, so and it was. Uh, ended up lasting about an hour and a half because we had uh, kind of a round table discussion on some of the different topics um, that were uh, brought up to the uh, group. And then after that, we split off into some uh, other sessions where we were in smaller groups and smaller rooms that were, um, you know, obviously a little bit more intimate. We were able to kind of dig into some details a little bit more. So um, it, it was a, a great event. We really, um, you know, myself, um, just as you know, someone participating and, and working with the group and and trying to make sure that um, you know we had our open national trainers there because they're spread out all over the country. So that's that's one of the great things is when we get into a session like that. And and last night's was um, was really so awesome because um, I mean we had it was a worldwide audience. It was um, we had people from Bangladesh, we had people from India, um, you know, so you know, you're having teachers who have, you know, already gone back to school, um, whether they be in the United States or, you know, all over the world. And, um, you know, they, they're able to provide support and, and contributions to the conversation of, you know, what teachers can expect going back to school. And, you know, both of us are in Georgia, so we're, we know that teachers. Back, but there's a lot of teachers out there who are still waiting to go back. So it's a little different ball game for them, but big shout out to Christine Drago and, and uh, Jim Hamble up in New York city. They're the ones who put everything all together. They teach uh, in Manhattan and the Bronx respectively. And um, it was just, you know, kind of an organic grassroots kind of effort thing from them. So it wasn't, you know, some big organization putting it on. It was just them saying, Hey, we want to get a group of teachers together. And that's been one of the big things about, um, you know, the access to technology now that a lot of us are, are doing Zoom meetings and Microsoft Teams or Google Meets. Um, and then also that the advent of social media, um, there were a lot of us who were on social media before all, all the COVID-19 hit back in March and, and connected and shared resources. But now it uh, has exploded uh, incrementally as far as the number of teachers who are just discovering, oh, there's a PE community on Twitter and I can learn how to be a better teacher. I don't have to go to a conference. I can, I can learn from that. So um, it, it was a, a great event, like I said, last night, but, um, and we had a, a lot of folks on there sharing a lot of great information. Yeah. And this is the time to share, right? Uh, coach, I mean, 
Brian, right now, I, I guess the two most impacted teachers, I think, are the band because they have to deal with a lot of issues and so forth with the COVID transmission and PE. I mean, uh, what, uh, you know, and I, it's not just myself, but a lot of teachers have to go through a lot right now. But before we go into that, tell us about yourself. You being from, it's kind of cool that you're, you're from um, uh, the Cobb County area and so forth. I'm in Greensboro, Georgia. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your past and how you actually came into becoming a PE teacher. Um, well, growing up, I was always into sports. Um, so that was, that was, uh, obviously a big impetus into what I was going to do. And, and, um, you know, and then as I got into high school, felt like I wanted to be a, a baseball coach actually was my initial thing. I wanted to coach baseball. And so obviously, uh, linking it to physical education and, uh, graduated from, uh, UNC Chapel Hill and then took my first job down here in Cobb County. Uh, all the way back in 1989. So, um, and then spent the next 25 years teaching uh, middle school and elementary school physical education um, in the state. Uh, after about 10 years in the classroom, I kind of got a little bit more involved with some of our professional organizations like uh, Georgia AFERD, our, our state uh, health and PE organization. And then of course, um, at the time was AFERD, but now is Shape America, our national yeah. organization. So got involved with them and, and with, um, you know, learning more about how to be a better PE teacher and, and how to, to uh, you know, impact kids more. And um Continued on through that time, was fortunate enough to you know, receive a couple of awards for teaching, which is, is always nice to be recognized, but you can't do it without the kids and usually great co-workers and great administrators that you work for. So I had a lot of those along the way um, that helped uh, make me a better teacher and, and foster my learning, too. Um, so after 25 years in the classroom, then I transitioned into a, a three year stint where I oversaw the um, online health and, and uh, physical education classes for the Cobb County School District, which uh, I, I started that at the end of 2014. And uh, who, knew, who knew that like six years later, all PE would be th thrust into the online environment. So yeah. um, it was a valuable learning experience for me, um, you know, headed into last spring as I worked with Open and, and creating resources and, and helping with that. But um, so I did that for three years. And then for a couple of years, I was the Fulton County Schools Health and PE Coordinator in Metro Atlanta. And then uh, I retired a couple of years ago and then uh, found out I wasn't very good at it. I retired for Labor Day weekend <laughs> and then uh, yeah. hit the ground running on the Tuesday after that, working full time for Open. So Open is the um, is a free K-12 uh, physical education curriculum. Everything's 100 percent free and it's uh, a public service of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. And without uh, people buying buying equipment from U.S. Games and BSN Sports, Open doesn't exist as a free resource. So um and I actually started with Open um, back in 2015. I was one of the first group of, of trainers that came through, and uh, you know, traveled the country when I could. To, uh, you know, taking time to work with PE teachers and show them the curriculum and how to utilize it. Um, it's a standards-based curriculum, which is outstanding. It, you know, for us in Georgia, it aligns perfectly with our Georgia standards of excellence, um, and it's based on the Shape America standards. So those listening outside of uh, the state of Georgia can be comfortable going in there and taking a look, knowing that it is based on those Shape America standards and learning outcomes, which just about every state's PE standards are based on those um, or, or very similar. So, um, so, and that right now, my official title is uh, professional development and outreach manager. So I work with our 65 open national trainers scattered throughout the country and 
coordinate trainings that they provide, which now have moved, you know, more to a virtual environment, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, work with them and, and, and uh, still provide trainings uh, for different school districts from time to time. And then um, work with our many outreach programs that we have. We um, still, obviously, with support from BSN and, and U.S. Games, we try to do things in the community last uh, September, almost a year ago, um, we did a bike event out in Oklahoma called Pedal for PE, where we had um, people riding their bikes throughout the state of Oklahoma. And we would stop at three or four schools per day, and we would have basically a physical education celebration. And we would present the uh, physical education teacher with a gift certificate and, you know, get the kids all hyped up and, and get the school all hyped up about physical education and then pack up our bags and hit the road again. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> we spent spent a whole week out there doing that. So, um, and that's the second time we've done that. We did it the year before in the state of Louisiana, um, down in kind of the, the poorer areas of the bayou down there, um, you know, stopping in at, at different schools. And, and you talk about, you know, impact about different things and that, um, even in Oklahoma also, there were some, some places we stopped, which, you know, you look around at what the, the teacher has as far as equipment and what they have as far as a facility and you just shake your head and, and it's amazing. Um, we stopped at one school in Louisiana the year before where, you know, the restrooms had sewage coming up through the, the floor, mm. um, you know, and, you know, there was hardly any equipment. The equipment that was there was old and broken. The light fixtures are broken on the ceiling and, you know, and that's, that's how it was. And, and that's how it continues to be. And, you know, we have, you know, in my teaching in Cobb and, and Paulding and Fulton, um, you know, we always had outstanding facilities and, and we had equipment and we had, you know, the things we needed to deliver uh, great physical education lessons to our students. And, and it's just not that way everywhere. So don't don't take for granted what you have sometimes. Uh, I know we all like would like to have more, but um, sometimes we need to appreciate what we have. Yeah, and you guys have a great program. Matter of fact, my athletic director, what's ironic, he contacted me and says, hey, what do you know about this, you know, this open phys ed? And I says, well, I'm talking to one of the directors today, so I'm going to find out a lot. Uh, and also our BSN team sales guy contacted me as well and says, hey, check this out and so forth. But I'm very familiar with you guys, and you guys provide some great resources. And I think that's important. Talk about my, some of my mentors are Ben Landers, Pete Charette, Mike Genicola, J.D. Hughes, Mike Morris. I, I'm actually older than them, but those guys are great PE teachers. Who are some of the guys that you really absolutely um, gra you know, gravitate towards and, and get information from in your profession? Sure. So, and yeah, and, and a lot of, I think the only one I may not be older than in that group is Pete Charette. So I know he's retired <laughs> also. So. I love Pete. <laughs> I tell you, I've been to so many Pete's clinics and so forth. And I, I steal from guys like you and all sorts of guys all the time. So that's what it's about, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. No. And those are, are great conversations that you have. And that's, um, you know, that's one of the things that has been wonderful about you know, our group of open national trainers and, and all those, those people that you mentioned, those are all people that I follow too and, and try and gather bits and pieces and nuggets from all the time. Um, but then when we have our, our group is kind of, you know, like I said, 65 people, they're all across the, the country. So you get that ability to draw from different areas of the country and different ideas that people come uh, at and come with from different areas. So, you know, um, you know, you mentioned Mike Morris. I mean, some of the stuff he does is is absolutely splendid with, you know, doing video. Um, 
Ben, yeah. Perill ben Perillo's uh, another gentleman out in Texas yeah. with te technology and everything. You know, some of the stuff that he does and the videos that he puts up on YouTube to to help teachers. Um, you know, and then there's there's um, you know there's folks that are out there that um, you know I, I look at as you know I, sometimes when I'm sitting in the same room with some of these people I'm like okay this person is sitting across from me I, and we're having a conversation you know people like Jim DeLine out in Texas who's I mean Jim's taught for years uh, and still you know enjoys kids enjoys the classroom and, and is just a master in front of kids and I had a chance to observe him out in Austin Texas um, one time and um, just the way he integrates not only physical education, but also life and social and emotional learning into a classroom is just an absolute joy to watch. Um, you know, so you, know, you get people like that and gosh, I mean, uh, just everyone, uh, Will Potter out in California. Will is great. He's actually the um, national elementary teacher of the year. He's also an open national trainer and, and uh, Will integrating uh, at the elementary level with social and emotional learning does a wonderful job. Doug, uh, Doug Hallberg up in upstate New York. Doug was also a national teacher of the year. Um, you know, th these people, you know, it's, it's wonderful because you can have a conversation and you can learn so many different things from them. But then, you know, you can also follow them now on social media. So it's not a thing where, you know, um, you know, just because we have this group of people that, you know, kind of works together a little bit, um, you know, all those people you talked about, like uh, Van Landers and J.D. Hughes and Pete and, and uh, you know, all those folks, you know, they, they're all on social media, too, sharing things every day. Uh, and like I said, um, before COVID, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a following of physical education on social media, but now it's even greater. And, and if people aren't on there, to learn more about physical education, they really do need to get on there because there's so many outstanding things that are available and available for free. It's not like, you know, somebody's you know necessarily charging you for the resource. They're showing you a video of what, hey, this is what this looks like. I had a teacher um, on Instagram the other day. She um, posted a picture of what her uh, physical distancing gym is gonna look like. And she had, she had tape boxes, you know, on the floor and she had directional arrows on the floor of where kids needed to go or who their partner could be for the next activity. I mean, it's just genius. You get ideas like that. And then it makes your own brain kind of start to percolate a little bit and think, okay, how can I make this work for me? Because everything you see that's out there that people share, it, you know, if I get an idea from Jim DeLine, it might not work perfectly with my kids and my equipment and my gym space. But I sure could take that idea and tweak it a little bit and make it work, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that's part of it, too, is, you know, talking to these people and, and learning from them and getting their ideas and not necessarily taking them cookie cutter. OK, this is how, um, you know, this is how J.D. Hughes did this activity. This is exactly how I have to do it. No, you don't. Take it, tweak it. You know, if you don't have the certain piece of equipment that he utilizes it, figure out what you have that you can substitute in. If you don't have the space to make it work the way that, uh, you know, somebody describes to do an activity, take it, tweak it, make it your own and, and move on and, and make it successful for your kids and what works. Yeah, I love that, Brian. And, and I, I want to get into right into the meat of this on how we can how we can put together some great lessons. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to share with you my experience, Brian, and I want you to help me out. Um this is my 30th year of, of teaching elementary PE and coaching basketball. Um, and I feel like I've been doing it a long time with uh, a lot of success. Uh, 
right now, what I'm doing is um, I'm actually teaching from home because I was in contact uh, with my assistant coach uh, who tested positive. So I'm doing all my PE from home. That's a lot of that's that's different than what I'm used to. Right. Um, so I have online students at Lake Oconee Academy and it's about a quarter, about 25 percent of them. And then I have the other kids right now have with a substitute as a facilitator in the gym. So I have a challenge. <laughs> right. So um, tell me about the different things you've seen so far. And I'll be back in the, next week. Um, when my quarantine's over. I'll be back in the gym, but I'll also have my, still have my online students as well. And we get to feed it live through zoom. So it's kind of cool. So what right. do you think about that? I mean, you know, that that's kind of the thing where, where I think, teachers feel kind of lost right now because there is no, sure. I mean, it, you know, it, it used to be, you knew what to expect every day. I was talking with somebody else th this morning about, you know, teachers uh, and their social and emotional health of, of the actual teachers. And I said, you know, the, the ones who haven't started yet, really the biggest thing that they could do is just get back in the classroom because that's kind right. of like their happy space. And, and the other thing is, you know, there's so much change and, 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 and things are changing. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you thought you were probably going to start the year, you know, face to face with kids and, and on Zoom and you wound up starting at home and teaching, exactly. <laughs> teaching <laughs> students from home. Well, I mean, that's the perfect right. example. Everything, everything is changing and it's changing based on a lot of things that are out of our control. And and, you know, for for teachers um, and this was the point I made about myself in that conversation this morning, you know, for roughly 30 years of my teaching career as well as, you know, 16 years of schooling, um, you know, for what, 46 years of my life, it was ruled by a bell. When the bell rang, you went here. When the bell rang, I did this. Right. I had to be there before the bell rang. I left after the bell rang. And, and now teachers, it's, it's different. You know, if you're delivering uh, content from home, there, there's no bell now. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's no dictating, you know, oh, the students are going to come in now. Um, now it's, you know, oh, it's 8.05. I guess I need to log into Zoom. So I'm ready to go at 8.15 because my students will be stopping by. And oh, by the way, I might not even see them if they don't turn their camera on. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and, you know, and I've seen, you know, like your situation you're talking about, and then eventually the situation you'll get to. I've heard of those where, you know, students opt to be at home. Each teacher has, a, you know, a device, whether it be a laptop or a um, you know, uh, company swivel makes a camera that basically follows the teacher all around the room and, um, you know, keeps them on camera. I've heard of those kind of situations. And then, you know, you've got the 100% uh, virtual situations also where teachers are, you know, being asked to do things virtually, but it's even that is all across the board. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to teachers who are on a block schedule at the secondary level and they're being required to be on Zoom for 90 minutes with their kids live. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and that's, that's a tough way to teach right there. Um, you know, and even, even to do a 45 minute block, I mean, you, you think about, you know, doing Zooms and doing meetings on Zoom and stuff. I mean, after about 30 minutes, I kind of start to get that fatigue and get itchy to move around a little bit, which is probably part of the reason exactly. I got PE. <laughs> um, but, sure. So, I mean, imagine if you're, you know, a 13 year old kid and you got to sit there for, uh, you know, 90 minutes, it's, it's probably not going to be good, but, um, but, you know, uh, one thing that I have been trying to recommend to teachers some is to get comfortable making, um, making some videos 
Um, because even if you have to be in there live, you can still be in the room live and show a video of yourself doing something. And then that enables you to, if the, if the students are, are performing something, say physical education, say you know, something simple like dribbling a ball, um, if they're dribbling a ball, you can still give them feedback because you're watching. Although there's a video of you, you know, dribbling with one hand and then switching to the other hand, you know, that's playing as you're giving the feedback. But, you know, it's it's you on video as opposed to you doing it because then you're worried about, OK, I got to make sure I'm dribbling. OK, I got to make sure I'm following all the cues, but I also got to make sure I'm on camera. I've got to make sure that I'm talking so the students can hear me. You've got all those extraneous things. But you know, even if you do, you know, if you have a 30 minute lesson and you do a video for 15 minutes of it where the students are up and active and you're watching and they're following along with you. I mean, that's a, a good thing to do. But, um, you know, there's there's just so many different things, Kevin. It's been, like you said, all across the board and, and there's been no no cookie cutter approach to it. It's all over. All the cookies look different. Yeah, that's for sure. And I um, think, you know, really, you know, I thank the Lord each day for all the great teachers out there. Ben Landers, uh, I, what I use from him is uh, the gifts where, you know, his, you know, uh, he's showing, uh, you know, you can put, you know, yourself on there do, demonstrating these skill cues. And so that's what I did today with the throwing. We did the throwing and catching today. And then Mike Ginnicola has his fitness challenges, which I love, man. So creative. I use a different one every day, Brian. And then Mike Morris has his uh, PE at home fitness challenges, which are great. So there's plenty of information out there. But one of the issues, though, Brian, is not all my kids have the proper equipment. So you have to get them to be creative with the equipment. Like if they don't have a ball, they, they better roll up a piece of paper so they can practice throwing and catching. So creativity is important, right? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, like at Open, we did one thing we did last spring was um, a national field day because we realized when schools said, OK, we're closing for the remainder of the school year, that kids were going to miss out on on field day, which they typically have it at, at, you know, the elementary level, some at the middle and high school level, but primarily elementary. And so we planned a national field day. But that was one of the things that we had with our, our field day events was, OK, we got to make sure that all these events can be done with things that people can find at home. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not, hey, we're gonna go out and do tug of war and everybody's got a tug of war rope laying around at the house. So we had to make sure, like you said, it was, um, you know, if we were doing, um, for example, we had uh, an activity like with the, the cornhole game, uh, but, yes, instead of, yeah, but instead of cornhole, we called it paper plane cornhole. And so they had um, a laundry basket that they set up across the room. We told them to get three sheets of paper, make three paper airplanes with it. And they had to stand back away and, you know, try and shoot the paper airplanes to get them to land inside of the laundry basket. You know, okay, so I like it. Yeah. easy, easy stuff. Um, you know, there's a little bit of randomness to it because it's an airplane as opposed to a crumpled up piece of paper. It, you know, allows kids to be a little bit creative. Um, you know, in there, we even had one uh, teacher who created it uh, or who uh, utilized it and made it into a STEM activity, um, you know, using the science and technology component to it. So, um, but, but, you know, trying to find those things. And I think as, as physical education teachers, as we start planning our lessons, we're going to have to plan ahead a little bit more in right. what we're teaching um, because we're going to need to give kids, especially in that virtual environment, we're going to need to give kids a little bit more of a heads up of, Hey, for PE next week, you're going to need to make sure you have three empty water bottles 
find three empty water bottles or find three, you know, three empty, you know, what, of whatever, or, you know, and give them a couple of substitutes of different things that they could use instead. Um, so that way they can kind of start to gather those things and they have them all ready. You can't log into Zoom on Monday morning and tell them, oh, hey, go find an empty paper towel roll real quick because we're going to do some stuff with it for PE. That's not going to work. They need time to gather those things. Um, you know, and another thing that, that we've seen and, and we've helped facilitate too is a lot of schools and districts are using um, some of their funds from the CARES Act, from the, the federal government to buy PE kits for their kids to send home. Um, some of them are sending them home, you know, because they know they're going to do virtual environments. So say they, they purchase for every kid in their school, a jump rope, a bean bag, um, you know, and three juggling scarves, and they send those home and the PE teacher ha knows that they have that equipment, or even if they're coming to school, they purchase those equipment packs and those kids carry them. And that's, that's their PE equipment bag. And when they come to PE, ah, they, I love they, they grab it. So that way you don't have to worry about cleaning stuff in between. I love that. I'm going to tell you exactly the problem is cleaning the equipment. I mean, that that's that is number one. It's tough to do all the time, but I love their own PE bag. You need, I need more information about that as well. Keep talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, you said you have your your BSN team sports rep, you know, or, or call US yeah. game, you call US Games uh, 800-327-0484. And, um, you know, we we can go through and, and the biggest thing though, is finding out, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to work out a budget for this? And um, like I said, the CARES Act fund has been the most successful thing that I've seen so far. Um, we just had a school district in California who um, did a purchase of at-home packs for their, for their kids. And um, each, each student, I think got like five or six different pieces of equipment that they got, um, you know, that's going to be sent home in a mesh equipment bag that, um, you know, that they can utilize throughout the entire school year. And it's like, okay, you know, you got your math book, you got your PE equipment bag, <laughs> you know, don't forget your math book and don't forget your PE equipment because you're going to need it for school. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we just kind of customize them for each, um, you know, for each school or each district to uh, allow them to kind of pick some of the things that they want to do. What we do try to do is try to um, – point folks in direction in the direction of getting things that will tie into the open curriculum. Since the curriculum's free, um, it does give teachers the opportunity to say, okay, I've got, they, the kids have this equipment, they can utilize it with this curriculum and I've got something to teach with that equipment. Yeah, that, that, that's great information. I'm, I'm thinking right here, I'm writing this down saying that's a great idea because um, I, even today, um, I was supposed to, you know, I have, I have tons of, of bean bags, Brian, I can't use them because that's not, you can't clean them. That's against the CDC guidelines and the school said no. And it's like, man, I have tons of bean bags and I love, I love using bean bags. So that's a major problem, right? Finding the right equipment to use. Right. And then even with, with making the packs, um, you know, if, if you're going to do a pack, um, you know, you can't. I can't send a playground ball home and not send a pump home because I don't know if the, the student has a pump at home and the needle sure. will go in the pump to blow it all up. So yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to be careful and there's some, some different things there. Um, but then even, you know, I, I have heard of some teachers, you know, coming up with, you know, creative ideas, like, uh, like you said, you know, having pieces of equipment. Okay. I've got a ton of jump ropes. Um, and, you know, traditionally, like maybe K-5, if I was doing jump ropes, 
I might be doing jump rope all day long with all those grade levels. Well, I may not be able to do that. I may have to do something else with my K1s and 2s while I do jump rope with 3, 4, and 5 because I don't have enough jump ropes for to go through every student during the school day. So I might have to, you know, separate a little bit more what I do with my planning, and especially if I'm face-to-face -face and I've got to decontaminate that equipment each day. So, um, you know, that's another thing we, you know, we kind of have to consider. It's, it's a, a new normal, you know, how can I figure out a way to deliver the content to my kids, but I've got to keep these safety considerations, um, you know, first and foremost in my mind. Yes. And I, um, I also have an assistant, which is definitely a big help because what our plans are, Brian, is I will work with the in-class students and she will be right there near the Zoom camera. It's live um, helping out the online because it's hard to do, have the same curriculum, particularly if they don't have equipment. I mean, you got to be right there. You got to be ready to make adjustments on, on the move, right? Absolutely. Yep. Flexibility. And, and, you know, we as PE teachers, for the most part, are, are sometimes the most flexible teachers in, in the um, in the school, um, you know, <laughs> sure. just depending on what's going on. I mean, you know, OK, coach, we're using your uh, gym for school pictures today. Oh, OK, no problem. I'll just go outside. So, um, you know, I mean, some of those things, uh, you know, we've kind of grown accustomed to, but we're going to have to, to, you know, be innovative and we're going to have to think outside the box a little bit more. And we're going to have to experiment and do things that we, we've never done before. And that, um, you know, like I said, for people who have, whose lives have been ruled by the bell and routine for years and years, it's going to stretch their limits as far as, you know, what they do as a teacher and how effective they are and, and impact their creativity. Absolutely. And Brian, I know um, this is my last question for you. And you've been, you've been great so far providing some key information, key insights. Um, what do you recommend? Uh, I teach, I have nine week, um, basically I, I teach PE to a, a one group, a one grade for nine weeks, then I switch to another grade. So I have nine week units. Um, what do you recommend we do? Keep it more to fitness. I'm finding that we got to do more fitness level and less equipment or, or we just got to be creative with our equipment. What do you recommend for us teachers, us particularly elementary teachers? Well, I think, you know, and every situation is different. So there's no, like I said, there's no cookie cutter approach to this. Um, obviously fitness is, is an easy um, thing to go to. And we saw a lot of people doing that in the spring. Um, and, and I do think that, that, you know, doing a little bit of that and touching on that obviously is going to be important, but I do think too, like breaking, breaking that class period up into some different chunks. Okay. Um, because the reality is like with that situation, you're not going to see the kids as much as you normally would in a typical year, I'm guessing. Correct. Yes. Right. So, um, so we're going to have to address a lot of different things. Obviously there's, you know, a little bit of fitness component is going to be good in there. Um, there's going to be a little bit of skill component in there, but the thing, the other thing that we have to make sure that we're doing is touching a little bit more on some of that social and emotional learning concepts. Um, sure. That's one thing I know, like with open, we've tried to integrate into all of our lessons in our new, in the new PE now that you mentioned before. Um, kids are coming to school with a lot of baggage this year you know, whether it's virtually or face-to-face. -face. Um, if they're virtual, a lot of them haven't seen a lot of their friends since last March, depending on their situation. Um, and they still haven't seen them face-to-face. -face. They might've seen them on a camera. Um, we had so many 
social justice issues that cropped up over the summer with all the different things that happened across the country um, and, and a lot of unrest and a lot of uneasiness and a lot of distrust of, of people that in the past were kind of automatically trusted. And um, physical education is the only content area that has standards and learning outcomes related to social and emotional learning. And we need to make sure that we're the leaders in our school at, at delivering that content and working with our students on it. And, and in the past, it's been kind of easy for us. And a lot of teachers have taken kind of the easy path. I mean, sportsmanship, that's social and emotional learning. I mean, easy, no brainer. Um, you know, being respectful, easy, no brainer. Um, but what about concepts like trust? you know, and developing trust between, you know, student to student, student to teacher, teacher to teacher, you know, the adults in the building and establishing those relationships. Um, you know, so I think, you know, from my standpoint, breaking class into some different chunks of, you know, how we're doing things to make sure that we're touching on, on a lot of different concepts is, is going to be good. Um, I still like, you know, my personal thing is, um, I still like, you know, addressing some of those different skills and giving kids the ability to, you know, to work on some of those skills or at least have me give them, be able to give them some feedback in that face-to-face -face or that virtual environment. But I've also got to stress too that the activity component and it's kind of incumbent upon them to, to work on those skills a little bit at home on their own um, because it is different, you know, and maybe building kind of that joy of the physical activity. Hey, I'm outside. Uh, you know, working on dribbling the soccer ball and I'm trying to get better with the soccer ball, but it's also about my physical activity because I want to hit my, you know, 60 minutes or more of physical activity for the day. So, you know, I got some today in PE class, but I'm going to get 20 more at home while I'm, you know, kicking this ball around trying to learn a little bit more about how to dribble a soccer ball. So I think there's a lot of different parts that are going to come into it. And, and that's kind of, you know, what the approach that I would take. Um, but again, like I said, every, <laughs> everything's different as far as, as what you have and what you have the access to. So, um, you know, I know, you know, just based on, on what I know about you, you'll make some great choices for your students and, and make it so they have a successful school year. And, and so that, um, you know, physical education is not going to be the class that, uh, you know, people, oh, I got to go to PE today or, oh, I'm doing virtual <laughs> PE. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to PE, but, you know, coach always has something lined up for us to do. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed getting the chance to be physically active because I really missed it back last March <laughs> when everything shut down. So, um, you know, it's, it's and, and, you know, the other thing too, Kevin, is there's going to be a lot of trial and error, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like when you throw your basketball team out on the floor for the first time that year, you've kind of prepared them as best you can, but you're going to learn an awful lot during the first half of that first game, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, and you know, you go, you go in at half, you go in at halftime, and you make some adjustments. Well, there's going to be a lot of halftime adjustments this year when you know you try different things and they work or they don't work. So, um, you know, it's it's just going to be one of those things where you're going to have to try some things and, and see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that's great advice, Brian. It's funny you mentioned that the social part. It's funny, like today, I'm going, man, I just, you know, I thought I had some great activities, but you can't really tell sometimes about the kids that are online, but when they leave, they say, coach, I had a great time. And you don't realize how important is the social impact you're having just by being in front of a screen sometimes. So it, sometimes we don't realize the impact that we're having just by connecting with the kids, even online. Well, and as a physical education teacher, remember too, this was one of the things that, that I enjoyed about the elementary level is 
um, you know, from K through five, you, you have the potential to see a student for six straight years. And that, that can be, you know, a, a powerful teacher-student relationship that you build, um, you know, with that student and seeing them, you know, start coming in, the, you know, the first day of school as the, the eager kindergartner, you know, um, and maybe cry, maybe the crying kindergartner. <laughs> and then, sure. well, you know, when they leave as a fifth grader, you know, seeing them ready to go to middle school and everything and, and having the ability to, to see them, um, you know, uh, by the end of their, their fifth grade year, you probably know them better than any other teacher in that building. That is so true. Yeah, there's no doubt that us, we have a great impact on these kids and so forth. We got to make it as positive as we can. Brian, I, I feel like you've made a positive impact on me despite this, uh, the past 30 minutes. And I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, make me a better PE teacher. Um, how can somebody get a hold of you? And what's the best way to get integrated and involved into uh, open? Um, so basically, um, as far as open, you just visit our website. It's openphyzed.org, O-P-E-N-P-H-Y-S-E-D.org. Um, and at the top, you'll see a blue uh, banner going across the top. And in yellow, it says register for free here. And you just go in and create your free account. It, um, we, we ask people to register how to log in basically to keep hackers and spammers out of the website. So um, you go in and create your free account. Everything from that point on is free. Um, there's no, you don't click on something and it says, oh, well, this is premium content. You can only access it if you pay $9.99 extra a month or whatever. Um, everything is completely 100% free. Um, and then as far as myself, um, follow me on social media, primarily Twitter is uh, bdevore7, B-D-E-V-O-R-E, the number seven. Uh, Instagram, it's CoachBD34. Um, and then um, you can always shoot me an email at bdevore at openphyzed.org. That's great. Brian, thanks for uh, taking these uh, 30 to 40 minutes out and really helping us out. And I really appreciate it. Uh, I wish you the best and let's stay in contact. And uh, I'm hoping everybody has a chance to uh, contact your website and contact you to gain more knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Have a great school year. You too. Thank you. What's up, friends? It's Ben Landers, and I'm the founder of a website called thepspecialist.com. I want to say thanks to Kevin for letting us sponsor this episode, and also just for the great podcast that he puts out on the regular for PE teachers. The episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership. If you're not familiar with it, it's an awesome program with ready-to-go printable unit plans, lesson plans, tutorial videos, e-courses, printable posters and station signs and you can even get certificates of completion to help you finish your teaching certificate we've also got some awesome follow the leader videos and some animated gif slideshows to give your kids some awesome visuals and show them how to do different skills like jump rope paddle skills soccer ball handling basketball i hope you check it out at the pespecialist.com slash info you can check that page out for more information once again the pespecialist.com slash info Kevin, and have an awesome day. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time 
in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. Hi, this is Kirk Gilsdorf of Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast, Kevin Furtado. Keep up the great work.